1: Alright, hey everyone, so real quick before the podcast starts, um, this is a podcast that was recorded for the Hip Hop Review podcast, I was actually a guest on that show, Um, those of you that have listened to me for a while know that podcast, Um, that's run by Will Gill and Vontae the Pro, Will Gill is a frequent collaborator of my podcast, so what we decided to do is we decided to... um, Review the review the project in a way that we could publish it on both platforms so it's going on his platform as well as mine and um, We have different rating systems So we kind of get into that and talk about that in the podcast Um, So we did both rating systems so that listeners of both podcasts understand Kind of where we're at and how we feel about the album, but um, this is a great podcast This is a really fun podcast always love collaborating with will so um, without further ado, I'll toss it into the intro and then we'll get this podcast started. Dave East Paranoia 2 Album Review featuring Will Gill. Let's go. <laughs>
2: Said Durant, 21! (laughs) Hey, shout out to
1: Minnesota, the coldest place on earth that nobody wants to go to.
2: (laughs) Word, man. And, uh, if uh, you guys are wondering who's that voice, you hearing, uh, you hearing in your earbuds, and uh, that's the homie, Chris Platty. He came on the uh, HHR to hop on this uh, new episode with us, and I'm excited we are back. I know uh, HHR has been gone for a while, but we're back now. Hello, everybody. And uh, <laughs> so this week, we're bouncing back with um, Davies Paranoia 2, and I thought it was only right... Now that we are back to uh, bring back a fan favorite, one of my favorite people to work with, uh, Chris Platty. Chris Platty, please introduce yourself.
1: Man, I'm Chris Platty. For those of you that don't know, thank you for listening to this. Chris Platty, strictly hip hop and strictly hoop talk, the podcast. I won't plug all that now, but yo, y'all know if you know me, you know I rock with with the Hip Hop Review podcast. Glad Will Gill finally decided to you know cut the weaker half and upgrade. You know what I'm saying. Shout out to Vontae <laughs> no, Shots fired.
2: Shots fire, the pro. <laughs> yeah, bro. It's bro. It's a wrap now. It's my podcast nah, now. Shout Bonte out to Vontae man. Yeah, Vontae the pro need to come back before uh, he loses spots to Chris Platty. But uh, yes, yeah, sir. man. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, shout out Vontae the pro. He's not on this episode, but uh, he'll be around. Just uh, keep checking for him. And uh, shouts to KG
1: too. Before we get into a pod, shouts to KG the legend. Yeah, area I'm gonna bang my head. I'm gonna bang my head every time we disagree. Like, area KG twenty does.
2: area twenty-one is uh is popping, and uh like my boy Kevin Garnett says, anything is
3: possible uh-huh.
2: <laughs> And then with that being said, man, let's get to it. Uh Davies Paranoia 2, just in case anybody don't know who this guy Davies is. Let's get into this background check. Who does he think he is? I just told you who I thought I was. A god. I just told you. That's right. Oh, God. Dave East coming out of Harlem, New York in 2010. Yeah. In 2010, he dropped his first mixtape, Change of Plans, that started to build his buzz. He followed that up with the mixtapes like uh, Insomnia, American Greed, Don't Sleep, No Regrets, Gemini. And while getting his music career off off the ground, he was slinging that dope in Harlem. Finally, in 2014, he catches the ear of Nas. He gets signed to Nas' label Mass Appeal Records. Under Nas's toolage, he drops uh, mixtapes like Black Rose, Hate Now, and that kind of puts him on the map. He lands on the cover of XXL as a freshman in 2016. He lands a major deal with Def Jam Records. And since pending that deal, Ease has dropped projects like Carrie Chanel, Paranoia, Karma, and now Paranoia 2, all in anticipation of his debut album. So it's only right that we uh, review his new project, Paranoia 2. This guy's been dropping a lot of projects, uh, Chris Platty. How are you feeling about Dave East and this Paranoia 2 project getting into it?
1: Yes, sir. Um before I get into that though, just two little things we gotta fact check, uh right right quick. I'm I'm gonna have to check you out something real quick. It's Kyrie. Uh it's Kyrie Chanel. And that's the name of his daughter. And um also also we gotta talk about this dude's a hooper, bro. He hooped with K D, even lived with K D, hooped with uh Michael Beasley, and hooped D one at the University of Richmond. Um so, you know, Davies he was he was balling before he was before he was slaying it. So, shout out to Davies, the Hooper, and the rapper.
2: Well, shout out to Carrie. Uh, I'm gonna miss I'm gonna uh, mispronounce his daughter's name for the rest of my life. Just gonna <laughs> make that my thing, and uh, and maybe one day I just just in case y'all don't know, I'm a Hooper. So. Fuck Davies in his basketball game. Oh, yeah? You think you can check him? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to box him out one time. All right. <laughs> but uh, how are you feeling about this uh, Davies paranoia too, Chris Platty? Hey, man.
1: All right. So, look. So, you you know. I mean, I don't know if you knew Davies before I came to you about Kyrie Chanel. But, yo, I found Davies through Kyrie Chanel. I only heard him through, like, you know, like a few features here and there just randomly. Um, through some artists that I like, so I really didn't catch a lot of his come up. But I fell so in love with Kyrie Chanel, I went back, got every mixtape he ever did off that Piff, and you know, just kind of scavenged everything Dave East. Like I became an instant fan. Like that, that, uh, that mixtape to me is like a personal classic. Like I, I love that shit. Um, so you know, I'm, I'm excited. Then I hear you know that's leading up to his debut album. You know, I know he's got that stamp from Nas, you know, he's a, he's with Def Jam and I'm like, oh word, this is about to be tight. Then he drops Paranoia and he doesn't and he kinda is sneaky about it. Doesn't say it's an EP or an al- or doesn't say it's an album. Um, you know, he kinda he kinda doesn't let us know that it's actually an EP, not an album, and not his debut. And I thought that was like a weird move, and I'm like, Okay, he's just trying to build some buzz. Then he drops this random tape called Karma. Um and then, which I just was not feeling. So you know, so having two like kind of lackluster projects coming off of Kyrie Chanel, which was like I said, just amazing to me in my personal opinion. I was I, I was getting kind of nervous when I heard Paranoia Two. I'm like, all right, like you know, what is he doing? Is he oversaturating the market? Like, what's the plan? Does he not? Does him and Def Jam like do the? Does the label not know how to, you know? how to accommodate Davie's talent and you know like what's going on like what's what's going on with Davie's, like it, it they seem like they're trying to find a sound for him or whatever so not gonna lie you know I'm always excited because I love Davie's, but I was nervous coming into this project for sure man because I mean you can't have three duds in a row I don't care if they're mixtape EPs whatever like you just
2: can't like that's that's a no-no word I hear that because I I first found out of uh of Dave East through you, Chris Platy. That's why you on this podcast, baby. You and know so- <laughs> and so it was through uh the project Carrie Chanel and then uh, <laughs> 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 and so uh yeah man and I, just like you, I love that project. Uh to me it was him, Dave East and Joey Badass. It's like when I hear them, like it's so great to hear like New York rappers, like new age New York rappers sound like New York rappers. And so like I always appreciate that from Davies and Joey Badass. Those are the two that always come to my mind. And then uh, this full drop Paranoia. And if you listen to this podcast, we reviewed that one and I wasn't feeling that one. And I was off that one so much that I didn't even listen to Karma because between uh, Paranoia and Karma, he was dropping uh, random songs on YouTube and I thought all of them were trash. I was like, I couldn't tell if like Dave East is trying to be like some uh, some drug dealer, sex symbol, or like I wasn't sure what direction he was going. Yeah. So I I kind of fell back on East man because uh, it was getting kind of cold. I know it was winter time, but, <laughs> but you know, it, I guess it gets cold in the East. And uh, so I I fell off Dave East, and I'm bouncing back with Paranoia too, man. Uh, brought you on for this one, January. There's not a lot of projects dropping. I'm not even gonna lie. This if there was another project that dropped that I was more interested in. I probably wouldn't have reviewed this project on this HHR podcast because we, I would have picked another project over it. That's how much I fell off Dave East Damn, on liking I didn't know you fell that deep. Yeah, man. And then that's how much I fell off uh, Dave East uh, after uh, Carrie Chanel. And so uh, with that being said, I'm looking forward for uh, for him to grab me back into the fold. And that way, when his debut album does drop, I don't feel this way
1: no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel that, man. I feel that. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, you know, like I, you know, I'm not, I'm not as far as you off the, off the East train, like you know what I'm saying. But I, I totally, I totally feel where you're coming from. Like I can see how it's turns you off. Like as a big East fan myself, you know, like like I said earlier, I got some skepticism. So homie had to bring it with this tape.
2: Yeah, and then with that being said, man, we seem like we're starting off a little negative on on, uh, (laughs) our feelings of this project. So let's bring the energy right back up. And let's hop into our highlight records.
3: Uh-huh. Quick interruption before they get into the highlight record. Uh, this is Vontae the Pro, and I want to let everybody know to go over to GoFundMe.com backslash review podcast. We need some support. We would appreciate anything anybody can donate to us. Um, everything is appreciated. Also, I want to say shout-out to Chris Platty. Even though you're taking shots at me, I see you. I see you. I'm petty, but I ain't going to be petty today. Next time, I got some time. But uh, make sure you go over to GoFundMe.com Backslash Hip Hop Review Podcast. Now, let's get into these highlight records. Let's go. This is Special Cloth Alone. All
2: right, man. Uh, special Cloth. I think this uh, album got it. This project got it. Uh, Chris Platty, you, you're the guest. This album has this album has 15 songs. Do you want to take the lead on it and uh, point out your highlight record? Yes, sir. Let me take the lead. So, um... I'm going
1: to go to track Damn actually I don't know the number But the track called I Found Keisha Keisha Now the the title grabbed me right away Because again we talked about the You know my affiliation for Or admiration for Kyrie Chanel On that he had a song called Keisha Where he told this story about this girl Who kind of you know like Who he hooked up with or whatever But she robbed him you know and so, and so the song title, I Found Keisha, I'm like, oh shit. And so, the, so again, the title grabs me right away. And then, as soon as that beat drops, those heavy drums, I knew shit was about to be all bad for Keisha. Yeah. I knew it was a wrap. R.I.P. R.I.P. R.I.P., man. Them drums came in, I was like, damn, shit ain't, shit ain't gonna be good for her. But, uh, but, yeah, man, this, to me, is the best storytelling on the album, which... For those of you that uh, don't know, my reasons for being a fan of East, one of my biggest reasons for being a fan of East is I love his storytelling, and so this to me is like the top of the top storytelling I've heard from him. Uh, you know, it's almost as good to me as uh, Don't Shoot, which was just an amazing record. Um, but anyways, I, I love the storytelling on this album. It's it's by far the best I think, uh, and the instrumental. It's one of the best instrumentals in terms of complementing Davey's style flow and delivery. Again, it's, it's not a fast tempo. It's a very slow tempo, very heavy bass, heavy drums, very grimy. And that complements Davies delivery. Um, so I was, I was really glad that he had this song on here. And it was, it's just, it's really dope. His storytelling throughout it is very tight. Like, even though, you know, I kind of like listened to it once and I got the gist of it. Okay. Like, you know, his homie killed Keisha and everything. I still had to re-listen to it a few times to understand, you know, how all the stories tied together. How him, his homie, like the connection, like, you know, was Davie's really behind this? Like, what's up? And um, I just like how he just, he plays with it. I I wish he would have kind of told the track, or named the track instead, I found her, and so I wouldn't have known right away, because he starts off with this dope line where he's like, where he's like, um, it's one of the first lines of the song where it's, ah, man, I want to get it right, but it's something along the lines of, um, you know, Shorty's name, I'll get to that later, to me, they are the same, and I was like, and I knew right away it was Keisha, because of course, like, you know, the song's title, I found Keisha, but if he would have just named this song like "I Found Her," bro, that last seconds when he's talking, when he says her name for the first time at the very end of the um, at the very end of the song, I was like, I would have been like, damn, that would have really just, yeah, that would really fucked me
2: up. But, but you, you know, you know, know why? Anyways, I you know why it's not called "I Found Her," right? Why is that? It's, it's clickbait. It's a clickbait title, man. Is Davies is still trying to you know gain fans, so okay. it's kind of like the low hanging fruit for all the blog sites to be like, oh Alkisha, yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's kind of easy to attach to. Yeah, but I, I feel you, man. I, I feel like the storytelling on this shit was dope as fuck. A little mini movie in the album. And uh, what East does that's like super dope to me is like he puts descriptors in his storytelling that makes everything kind of feel a little bit more grid. Visual, yeah. Yeah. Like he has bars where he says like, uh, we found the weakness in his platoon. It's goon weather. Hoodies, only dark colors help us move better. It's like things like that it's yeah. like helps you picture like you you just see the goon standing outside with black hoodies on, like just scoping out scoping out the location, you know what I'm saying, small details like that really flesh out the story and i yeah. and like uh like you said, I appreciate the production adding the uh and they're they're doing like a whole bunch of little things throughout the record that makes it kind of flesh out too where um Where uh, the guy comes out the car, he locks the door, you hear it go beep beep, he comes up, you hear the knocking on the door, you kind of, you hear him scrambling around the uh, room, moving things around, and like, things like that kind of help make the the storytelling, yeah, makes the storytelling like that more vivid, so yeah, man, Uh, I found Keisha, the the thing that I would say is that record's just kind of doing everything right. Mm-hmm. It's highlighting
1: to me his biggest strength, and yeah. um, I, I re- again I really fuck with it. This is this is what I come to Dave East for, <laughs> and it's going to be hard to top this on his debut album. But again, we'll see. That's for later in the podcast. We'll discuss that. But yeah, um, this is this is a great track to me. Easily stand out, a must listen for everyone.
2: Work. All right. And then with that being said, if you don't mind, Chris Platy, I'm going to hop into my highlight record. Yeah, let's uh, do it. Alright, I want to hop into track number 10, What Made Me. And before I get into the songwriting of this song, because (laughs) you know, that's the real star of this record. But I want to show some love to the beat first. The beat is like noisy without uh, feeling overpowering, and the horns on the record really force you to pay attention. It kind of draws you in first, and then uh, yeah. I, I feel like the songwriting is what hooks you on to stay together with the song for like the whole ride. And so right. now that that's out the way, the hook—I would say the best hook on the project, not close. Yeah, the, yeah, 100%. the hook. Yeah, the hook uh, has bars like a lot of rappers. Can't even put in their verses. The, this is for the heads.
1: This yeah. hook, the hook
2: is for the heads, bro.
1: I know that's a hard concept to deal with for you listeners. But, yo, the hook is for the hip-hop heads, which is a weird thing to say. But yeah, it's trust also, me on that. Yeah,
2: it's also real hip-hop love shit. Uh, uh, yeah. Ho made me want to throw the diamond up. Nas made me want to... Uh, QB Chain Noriega made me wanna do Pharrell beats. It's dark and hell is hot. Dropped and my mood changed.
3: What?
2: what? Dark.
1: What? And then he hits it with the. Then he hits it with the Allen. Fact. Yes. Super. Hard.
2: Super tough. Uh, yeah. the, ver- the verses was on the same "hip hop is life" type shit from him mm-hmm. rapping uh, "All I Need" from Method Man word to word. Soaking up game from Too Short. My favorite bar is M.O.P. M- M- had me telling niggas Hammy your shit any up. It's just like the energy <laughs> he gives when he uh when he delivers that line is untouchable and uh that MOP any up is still golden to this day. Make sure you go listen to that if you haven't heard that in a while. And uh peep yeah, this man. record out for yourself, man. This is uh this is a nod to hip-hop. If you consider yourself a hip-hop fan, even if you never listened to Dave East before, this is a song you must check out. And uh, before... Before we kinda move on from this record and uh move over to the general side, I wanna try to start something up. You you down with that, uh, Chris Platy? Let's do it. Let's do I, it. Yeah. I wanna do this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to start the hashtag Dave East Challenge. And so and let's it. try to make this a thing, y'all. So uh um, yeah. I'm gonna try to give little examples about like hip hop that affected me personally in my life that made me kinda feel a certain way. And then uh if you guys want to do the same hit us on twitter uh you can find uh hhr underscore pod if you guys want to let us know your little hashtag Dave East challenge and uh show us what you got and so for me i'm gonna go with uh wayne made me want to cop bathing apes g unit made me want a spinning chain and mac Dre had uh me going dumb in the bay Maine, and uh that's hashtag Dave East challenge chris Platy, uh do you want to participate
1: yeah, man, I do, and you know, um, I was thinking a song before the podcast, but I I came up with a few. I just I I wanna I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit Twitter with it because I I didn't come up with one I liked yet. I'm okay. still trying to decide, bro, because there's so many people I want to shout out. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I would have to redo the whole song like he did, and just like sprinkle the whole song with, you know, everybody, um, to you know, but yeah. I, I'm, so, I'm going I'm to hit it, but yeah, the Davies Challenge, everybody get behind that because this shit is for the heads. Like, yeah. again, that hook is just, you know, that hook is probably one of my favorite hooks like I've ever heard straight up because that's just hip. It don't get more hip hop than that, bro. Like yeah. it really don't. Word. so um, if
2: you guys, uh, if you guys want to do it, hashtag Davies Challenge. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, let us know about things in hip hop that made you want to do something, made you want to feel a certain way. Let us know. We'll retweet it, and uh, it's all love. And Platty, uh, send yours through sooner than later, so I could retweet it. <laughs> I got
1: you. I got you. I got you. But uh, before we move on from this, I do just want to shout out some of my favorite lines and kind of talk about thing so um i got a different angle on this because on this song when i because see i'm from the midwest so west coast will can't relate to me on this but this song uh this song is so grimy like this is one of those go-to songs i throw on when it's 10 degrees outside and i'm walking 30 minutes to my class here at michigan state like i got that shit that this is that this is that cold weather walking by yourself headphones music like this is really what it is like that shit it's just a layer it's just that layer of kind of struggle you know like not like i'm that's the closest i'll get to being in the streets is walking to the cult but you know um <laughs> wordplay <yeah>. <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah uh, is, is that it or you want to hop over to the oh, general yeah, yeah.
2: side
1: yeah one more thing real quick because um, it's a it's a dope record so i agree with everything you say but um you know, the, the, my favorite line is "Pac made me think if I can shot, I'ma keep standing." Big pun had me really wanting to speak Spanish. Yeah, <laughs> that shows. That shows hard. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So,
2: and then, like, so just right. like Chris Platy is showing, man, um, there's just a whole bunch of bars that like you could probably just listen to the song, kind of relate to yourself, kind of feel it. And uh, yeah, so make sure you check this record out because there's bars like that sprinkled throughout the whole record, just showing up yeah to man hip-hop. he's name dropping more than game on this one <laughs> Word. this uh this record is uh should be called like a hundred bars and running or something
1: oh, oh, one more thing, one more thing sorry, uh that was what I was forgetting, okay, so you know the reason he has the he has that hook you know you know why he wrote that hook, right no all right so. I've seen in a few interviews. Um one of them one of them was I believe Montreal TV. So shout out to you guys for for um get, for getting this answer from Davies. If it wasn't you guys Then just appreciate the shout out anyways. It's all love. But um one of his interviews they talked about Davies talked about he wants he wants for his debut album he wants Jay-Z and Nas on one song. Like that's like his goal. That's like his dream. So I think that's why he wrote this hook when he says, "Hov maybe want to throw the diamond up, Nas maybe want a QB change, because you know he's he talks to Hov and he talks to Nas. He's obviously much closer to Nas, but uh, but yeah. So I think I think that was that's the little conspiracy theory I have behind this hook is. I think he's writing that I think he's writing that hook specifically Breaking for Nog and Yeah. Trying to, trying to be uh, like, come on,
2: let's let's get this together. Well, that'd be let's dope if, if he could bring out the black Republicans, I think uh, <laughs> that would be something special for sure. So let's hop over to this general side and uh, let's get into it. This is special cloth alone. Alright, man. Uh, like I said earlier, this I think this project got some special cloth to it, man. And we all know The reason we are here, listen to this Dave East project, is for the rapping. And so, let's just hop right into it. Uh, Chris Platty, I'm going to throw it to you first. What are some of the best rapping we get from Dave East on this project? What records is he snapping on?
1: Oh man. Um, He's snapping, not in the traditional sense, but he's snapping very well. I'm grateful the outro. Um, He's really rapping bars over that soft, soulful, instrumental. Um, but one, of uh, uh, again, the record you said, what made me, it was one of his best rapping of the, probably I would say his best rapping on the, on the project again, um, in a different sense, the, I found Keisha was a great record for that. Uh, the way his storytelling was just done so well, but, um, some other records that we didn't mention that I think are deserving of a shout out for his rapping are, um, talk too big, the intro. I thought that was a great one where he was really rapping and, um, I like his, I like him a lot on annoying. I think just his flow, yeah, um, the way he rides the beat is like perfect. So you know, maybe not from like a l- super lyrical standpoint, you know, because like a lot of Davy stuff, yeah, a lot of Davy stuff isn't like super intric- intricate. Like it's not like a, it's not like a Kendrick where every album or every song ties into like ten different songs and yeah. you know all this shit. It's not like that, but um, but you know he can obviously rap and he can and a lot of it a lot of it's just more so in his delivery and how he chooses to attack beats and so yeah so that's one and then also um also one that I really like I don't know if I don't know how you feel but um dog his flow is so tight and i cannot the way he switches it up for that second verse and and brings it into the hook uh, which, that shit is crazy On uh, which record? Uh i cannot
2: Oh yeah 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 it. Yeah i cannot uh, style it but uh, yeah, 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 for me, man, like uh, I hear you on Grateful. For Grateful, I just appreciate that record as like an album cut. It's like that's like oh, the yeah. that's like you know uh, back in the day, like you used to have like B side records. That would have been like the best yeah. song on the B side record. And hundred um, percent,
1: it's gonna be a hard intro or er, outro to top. Sorry to cut you off, but yeah, it's gonna be a hard outro for me to top. Like I really love that as an outro to an album. Yeah,
2: and it's kind of like, like a it. and it kind of has that soulful touch to it. Like every time I kind of yeah. uh listen to it, to me it sounds like a a song that that was a little bit too maybe not as bright, so uh Chance the Rapper turned the beat down. You know, like it sounds like one of the like the hook right. and like song construction is like a pretty like a, a darker version of Chance the Rapper songs. And so uh, I appreciate for that. And then, like you said, uh, the storytelling on "I Found Keisha" is like one of the best on the album. Like for his rapping, and on, on the note of uh, "I Found Keisha," like the storytelling on track number five, Corey is yeah. just like it's crazy. That's man. A very good shot. Yeah, for me, like the only reason I didn't highlight Corey as my highlight record is cause I didn't want to just sit here and explain exactly what the whole story of the song is. So I just chose yeah, to man. go with my highlight record, but it's definitely one of my favorite songs on the on the album. Uh you don't have to be like a famous rapper to even relate to the song. It's just about kinda like Work-life balance that causes you to grow apart from some of your day ones. And what's cool about this record is that the POV is balanced to the point where it's kind of hard to really fall Anybody either um, side, yeah, yeah. From the space that's grown between them, it's pretty much the story of the the risk taker and the grinder, the family man and the drug dealer, the rapper yeah. and the rapper friend. It's just kind of like the the progression through those three stages yeah. of life. So shout the out the ambitious and the average, you know. Yeah, like, exactly. And then, you know, sometimes when you shoot from half court, you win the game. You know, so uh and East yeah. won the game, and uh, he's going through that relationship with hits one of his day ones. so Corey, man uh track number five if you're into rapping especially sport uh storytelling you got to get into that one
1: yeah man if you're just a human you'll enjoy that like i said I, <laughs> I, I, I got a homie i got a homie that fits exactly like Corey. um you know we moved past it we're good now but like there was a minute where i had a homie that was like a cory and i was you know
2: it it makes you feel some type of way, man. Like it's, it's it's tough. Word. And I like that you said that too. That's like one of the, why one of the first things I said when I brought up the record is like you don't have to be a famous rapper to kind of relate to this right. song. And then um, just back to the rapping, I really fuck with track number fourteen. Never been. Uh, to me, this track is like the beat is like super light, so it kind of allows Dave East to be the one that kind of moves the record forward he's the one yeah. drawing you into the song he's hit like he hits us with like just throughout the whole record pretty much like just on top of each other just quick storytelling metaphors he does a quick he does a great job of like just painting quick pictures with his bars, like sunflower seeds, sour patches. I was asking for extensions on the red. Now it's fashion designer, like it's like he kinda like paints that picture of like the dude on the corner eating seeds to becoming the rapper that's wearing designer. You know what I'm saying? And as uh, yeah. bars like that, the the classic rag to riches started from the bottom, now we hear cliche, but it's kinda Dave East take on it. And I feel like he executes it.
1: Yeah, he does. He does very well. Um, That's a good record. That's a good record to bring up because that's one I feel like, at least for me, even though I like it, it kind of gets lost in the sauce of the album uh, for me. Yeah, or mixtape, yeah. I should say.
2: I hear that. And I feel like a lot of these songs sometimes, not a lot, but like half of these records on this, on this project kind of get lost in the sauce. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why it does that is because Dave East rapping... It's like, he's like too cool for school. That's kind of like Dave East's thing. Like, he's like laid back. He's kind of like Fabulous, but without like the big punchlines that Fabulous hits you with. He's kind of getting yeah. off that vibe. And sometimes with these beats, it's like laid back beat, laid back Dave East. And it's like sometimes like uh, you could kind of lose, lose uh, what song you're listening to just because everything is just so cool and laid back.
1: Yeah. And like it's yeah, it doesn't really have anything that you know it's a song you can listen to and you don't mind or you think it's even think it's solid but um but but uh, some of these songs are like you know i don't need to return to this you know it's very um yeah it's very what's the word i'm looking for very um not surface level but in a way surface level um and that you don't really you don't really need to um pay attention to it or really or really dive deep to really understand it it's kind of um those kind of filler records almost and you know it's not it's not a bad thing but it's also definitely not a good thing and i think that's
2: a problem like a lot of artists run into when they're prepping for their debut album because it's like if a record really was that good they're gonna hold it for the debut album. You know, they're right. not gonna shoot their shot on EPs and mixtapes and side projects when uh, the the debut album's around the corner. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I agree. Not a <laughs> we off that little side piece. Uh, do you have any other like rapping songs you want to talk about before I bring up like kind of like another question?
1: Um, no, man. Um, I really don't. Just looking at the track list here. Um. Yeah, I mean, I got some things that I'll talk about later, but I do want to just uh, take a quick second to say uh, that I really love, uh, I really love Corey as well. So I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a standout record to me. But yeah, um, one quick thing I wanted to say was that uh, man, that Ti feature was really dope, and it made me realize how much I miss Prime Ti. Like, yeah. Prime Tip was, like, a legend, bro. He was just... He was ridiculous. Like, I was listening to T.I. a lot, and it was literally because of that feature. Um, I went back and listened to a lot of his shit, so...
2: Yeah. yeah. I appreciate um, that shout-out from you, because that T.I. verse was pretty solid, but I, yeah. but uh, this uh, T.I. that's, like, politically active, uh, you know, going through... Everything that he's going through, I'm not going to allow myself to be tricked by one good verse from T.I. to think he's back (laughs) like being a good rapper. So yeah, shout out to T.I., good verse, but uh, I think the T.I. from peak T.I. back in the day, Mr. Pussy Pumper himself, I I, I, I don't (laughs) see that coming back anytime soon. Uh, King of the South has grown
1: old. Nah, man. But you throw on his records, man, and you can still listen. They still got listenability. They don't sound so super dated. I mean, some of his pop records do, but uh, but a lot of his like real shit. A lot of his a lot of his not not necessarily real shit, but his um, you know his just like his non-pop hits. His like general album songs that he makes are have a lot of listenability today and they kind of very much measure well yeah. and much in the sense of Young Jeezy where a lot of his music is also still translates to
2: today Yeah, I, hear, music. I hear that, I still bump uh, Urban Legend on the regular so I hear you bro Oh, got to, <laughs> but, uh, got to. but yeah man, uh, before we flip over to the negative part of this podcast I just want to close this general side just super vague, kind of let you touch on anything else you feel like we need to touch on were there any beats that kind of stood out to you any hooks or uh hey you kind of we kind of jumped early on this one or any features that uh stood out to you obviously there was ti and uh is there anything else you would want to bring up whether it's hooks or beats or anything like that
1: uh yeah man um yeah i could bring up some stuff you know um i i did the ti thing on purpose because you know that's how i am i see the future you know (laughs) Um, but You know that that's just that's just how how we do over at the Strictly Hip Hop podcast. Follow <laughs> <me on> Twitter, <laughs> at, at <laughs> Chris Flatty if you want to see the future. But uh, but nah, man. Um, uh, so some so like some of the okay. So for hooks, um, I really like uh, I really like the hook on Annoying. Like that shit's just really good, and I think it's an awesome hook because the way it transitions from Davies to Ti, even though they're to, they're kind of like they're pretty different artists. Um the hook is written so well that like it fits like the this it, the way that song just fits as a whole is very nice. Um but one thing I did want to talk about while we're talking about hooks is uh what about the record Thank You? Now I heard that the first time I heard that I was like what the fuck uh how do you feel about that hook on thank you
2: oh for me i feel like thank you is the breath of fresh air that this project needed huh. for me to get through it like yeah it's a little different and like if <laughs> it's if I'm super not, different for Davies, yeah and if i'm not in the right mood for it it does kind of sound a little uh barney-esque but like i think what it what it does is it, the <laughs> song is tongue in cheek you know what i'm saying it's kind of reminds me of um kind of reminds me of Drake's uh, You Could Thank Me Now. So I feel like if you're a a fan of that record, make sure you check this record out. But uh, what Thank You does to me is like it might not be the greatest song on the world. (laughs) It, It might not be top five or six songs on this project but if you're listening to this album all the way through uh, it really helps out the monotony break up the monotony of the album like earlier I talked about yeah. a lot of these beats being kind of similar Dave East kind of he has a really good flow so he has the right to lean on it as much as he want but sometimes his flow kind of gets a little repetitive and so this thank you song since it comes off a little tongue-in-cheek uh, the flow is extremely different than anything else he has like to me when this song comes on it feels feels like a cold glass of water and then um kind of gives me that energy i need to finish out this project not the greatest song in the world not the greatest hook in the world not the greatest melody in the world but it gives the uh it gives the project exactly what it was missing uh how do you feel about that
1: man i actually agree 100 percent with that that's how you know the first time i was like what the fuck is this this is this is corny like what is davies doing and um you know, I listened to it more and I was like, Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's catchy. It's 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 cool and like I started to vibe to it and I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's not a song I'll I'll probably return to often. But yeah, in, in the context of this project, like this whole this whole mixtape, yeah, it's an awesome little change of pace because every time it comes on, even when I know it's coming, it still kinda gives me like a jolt, like a you know, kinda wakes me up yeah. a little bit. When you're listening to the project. So, yeah, I respect it for that. But, um, one of the songs, um, actually, no, you know what? I'll save that. I'll save that for the negative. Um, but, uh, what was the the other one? Um, as far as hooks go. I don't think I have one as far as hooks, but, um, I do. If we, if we, you wanna jump to beats then real quick? Yeah, do whatever, man. All right. All right, man. So, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about, um, Was like was the beats on this project? I thought were really dope. Um, in particular, um, I really like um, I really like when he has those uh, those ones like what made me with the with those horns blaring and stuff. Um, I like those. Uh, I like and even to go back to paranoia. I really like the beat he had on that song with Nas. The hated um, that that was a really he- East Coast heavy beat. And I feel like that's where Davies is in his bag. Those boom bap. But kind of mixed with some trap elements, um, uh, beats along with you know along with throwing in some horns, some jazz, whatever. Um, one of the songs though, "Violent" with Lloyd Banks, that beat makes me think of 50 Cent, and yeah. maybe it's just because of Lloyd Banks and you know G Unit. Shout out to G Unit being on this track. But yo, when I heard that beat, I thought immediately of 50 Cent, like "Get Rich or Die trying type you know yeah. rap what you think yeah f-
2: when that beat comes on like every time i hear it uh it's because like the i think the record kind of has like chimes in it yeah i always think like yeah those chimes i think if uh mulan ever became like a live action uh, <laughs> film i feel <laughs> like that would be like the song they would go to war to and, <laughs> and so it might be the chimes that make you feel that way but that's always like the vibe i get and hey man shout out to lloyd banks i definitely don't want to hear a lloyd banks album but i'm always here for a, a lloyd bank feature on the uh on the new york record yeah. it, it's just always perfect so shout out to lloyd banks um And uh, if we're talking beats, I just want to jump into track number one, Talk Big. Uh, Oh, awesome. Yeah, I think the beat beat on that record just kind of sets the tone for the whole album. It puts you in that mood. To me, the beat feels like the blue filter that covers this album cover. It puts you just in that kind of dark, gritty it's like right before it gets pitch black outside type mood, like he's like, oh, I better hurry yeah. up and get home because it's getting dark out. That's how that mood, that's how that beat makes me feel. And that, that beat is kind of like pretty, that kind of feel is pretty persistent throughout the album. So it does a good job of kind of like letting you know what you're getting into. And uh, it has nice yeah. drums on that record that kind of gives it a little bit of energy that keeps it from not getting boring. So uh, I would say one of the best beats on, the rec- on, the, on this project, track number one, Talk Big.
1: Hundred percent, and we also gotta mention. I know we kind of mentioned it earlier. Is grateful that beat yeah. is just fucking out of this yeah. world good. Honestly, it, yeah. Honestly, crazy. if
2: you're gonna have good piano work on your instrumentals, and you're gonna have a good rapper rapping over like beautiful pianos, like it's kind of hard for yeah, it, me to hate on it.
1: Yeah, it always works for me. I'm I'm soft in that. <laughs> way, bro, Any, anytime you throw some. Anytime you throw some piano keys and kind of slow down the drums, like, or take away the drums, like, that shit, you don't even gotta really say that much profile shit,
2: but that shit was still... You know, have have the simplest lives yeah. be feeling mad deep. Yeah, you be like, It's twelve o'clock and I'm thirsty, out the bed getting water. you be like, Oh my god. And you're just like <laughs> you just like,
1: damn bro, like that's me. That's crazy, I be thirsty bro. Thirsty when that's I crazy. wake up. Hell yeah, bro. And sometimes I don't even be wanting to go up to get the water, bro. The struggle is so real, bro. Davies for the people, yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's what those,
2: feel that's what those pianos yeah. do.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, those pianos are hard.
2: Always, always hard. And and, uh, f- but for me, Matt, I kind of don't have much else to add for this general side. Yeah. So do you want to flip over to our uh, negative side?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's go. let's go to the negatives.
2: All
3: right. Yo, hold up, Chris. Yo, hold up, Will. Before y'all get into the negative side of this podcast, I got to let everybody know, if you're listening to this on iTunes, make sure you hit the subscribe button. And after you subscribe, make sure you drop us a review. Those things help us climb the charts, and they mean a lot to us. Also, you can find us on Twitter at HHR underscore pod. Also on Instagram at HipHopReviewPodcast. And if you got Snapchat, it's HHR underscore snap. And if you just can't find us for whatever reason, Google HipHopReviewPodcast and you'll find this right there. All right, now let's get into the negative. No, truth. no, because I don't fuck with nobody. Yeah, I don't fuck with nobody, <sighs> like at all. Nobody. So it's
2: very sweet. Hi, Chris Platty. Uh, we've been showing this guy Dave East a lot of love. It's, I think it's about <laughs> time we we kind of get a little negative on him and you throw uh, that hate. Yeah, and and I'll say this too. You've been starting a lot of things off on this on this uh, podcast, so I will go ahead and uh, start off with my dislike. And I'm going to go with track number, uh, I'm going to go with track number 13, Maintain. (laughs) Damn, that's mine too. That's why I kind of, that's kind of why I had to go first, Chris, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) yeah, you can't let me Eminem you. You can't let me 8-mile (laughs) you. Yeah. So, uh, just like you guys could tell, um, both me and Chris Platty's, uh, dislike is this record, so... Clearly, yeah. worst song on the project. To me, this song, 100%. this song is just a weak attempt to make a record that sounds like records that are popping right now. It's like uh, yeah. the the feature Bino uh, Redux. I have no idea who he is, but uh, he
1: works with he works with Nipsey. He just put out an EP with Nipsey um, last year in November. Uh, Davies is actually on that project, so I imagine that's how they got connected. But yeah, I had to do my googles. Um, i don't care i don't care you know i don't i don't think he's i didn't do too much google so i don't know how like big or popping he is or whatever but all i know is this hook is trash you yeah can keep this shit bro yeah, wait, wait, keep this yeah shit. Like,
2: like you said uh the hook is trash so when i seen bino redux was doing the hook and i heard that it was trash i didn't think it was worth googling and uh yeah. for me it's I just wanted to
1: make sure yeah I just wanted to make sure I knew who yeah. he was before I shit it on yeah, him. Yeah, you but, do your due
2: diligence, yeah. Chris Platy. I'm just about to I'm about to just let it go. <laughs> yeah. But uh what what makes what what makes it to me like really like kinda un distasteful is that like the record is just clearly trying so hard to be What's popping right now? Like the the guy Bino Redux, uh, he uses that Migo type flow. He has that light auto tune on his vocals. The the uh, yeah. the flow is like gang gang bang 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 fame fame game Like you know that flow structure that Migo made famous, and Migo's just dropped like a fucking. 24 hour album that like is forever, yeah. and I, I'm just so done with Migos flow right now, and so <laughs> hearing it on Dave East's album just rubs me the wrong way. This song is the shortest song on the project, and it was still too long. And uh, <laughs> this might as well be Bino Redux's uh, song because he takes up majority of the record. Uh, it's like, and Dave East only has one quick verse and then the song's kind of over it's a lot of bino so if you're a a redux yeah. fan i'm sorry for you and this is probably the one of the songs you want to check out if you like this guy
1: yeah um if you like this guy uh listen to new music <laughs> uh this <laughs> this is trash but uh one thing i did want to bounce off you on this record um okay because this is something i actually haven't told you yet but i'm actually really excited to tell you so once I once I was writing my writing my review, up, I was like, okay, um, this record made me think of a point that I'm gonna connect. But uh, I know you don't fuck with uh, the one song you don't fuck with on Kyrie Chanel. I know what it is. It's that it's that eyes above me, where it's you know Dave auto tune Dave East. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know
2: what record you talking about. I'm
1: I'm here I'm here to make a claim that that song has grown on me. That song has grown on me and I like that song now. I actually really like that song now. And I also like Dave East even though he has just like a little like, you know, like two bar autotune thing. Um, I was just wondering if like your thoughts have changed on autotune East. Like
2: what's your thoughts? My thoughts is that if you are a good rapper rap What's yeah but we, talked about, it? It we no, talked about switching like it up We talked about switching it up thank you Not like, like this This is not the way <laughs> okay. to do it Always switch it up what it's dope No you never want It's just like Okay I live in the Bay Area right all of a sudden, there's all these Warrior fans. Now that auto-tune rapping is in, I don't want to hear any more auto-tune rapping. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't just hop yeah. on shit because it's hot. To me, that's that's lame as fuck. And to me, like, Dave East, like, part of his brand is to be, like, the cool laid-back rapper. And so for me, when he yeah. does auto-tune rap stuff... It, it goes against the brand that I believe Dave East is trying to portray. So, I don't want him jumping yeah. on no extra, like, what's hot now type shit. Because I don't think that's what's going to blow him up. Is trying to run along uh, the hot sound.
1: I feel you. Because that's, to me, what makes Dave East so... That's why I like Dave East so much. Is because He's he, different. he does stand out in this age uh, very much. And so... Uh, but, you know, I like it because for the same reason you talked about with Thank You, it's a nice little switch up. Like, you know, I'm cool with you doing, you know, a, a one auto-tune hook or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, because cause I, I kind of like, his, his auto-tune has a sense of, like, moodiness to it. Not in the same way Kanye does, but kind of. And, um, you know, so I don't think Davies is the greatest at it, and I don't think he should do a lot of records with it, but... I'm here for one or two, you know, little auto tune hooks or auto tune moments in an album. Right. Um like I really liked it all found away, uh, off paranoia. Yeah. Did you yeah, like, like that? Andrew? I like Found Away. Way."
2: I'm not mad I yeah. found a way. So yeah, I guess so, I guess well, we could meet at the middle ground as as long as it's like one or two moments, maybe one song, yeah. maybe two songs at most. But uh if this is him kinda like fucking around with his sound to see if it works it, just so you know, Davies, it don't work. Okay, so I think it works as an album cut, but yeah, not as yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Not as a uh, not as like a like a
1: song that you want to like stand out or pop off. Definitely, you definitely. I Davies is Davies isn't Davies is never gonna pop off an auto tune record. Like he does not sound that good off auto tune. I'll even admit that myself. But I like having a day one one or two like Davies like album cut. You know, kind of switch up the flow, switch up the feel, and switch up the vibe type. Uh, Auto tune records.
2: All right, word. And then, uh, do you have any more dislikes, Chris Platy, or should we hop into our grade slash score? Um, as far as dislikes go, let me let me just check here. I don't I
1: don't see any man. That maintain was the only track. Uh, but I'm looking through the track list right now to see if there's any like dislike moments. Um, I still don't. Uh, I still don't know how I feel. Actually not. I mean, I I do like it, but for a while I didn't feel, I didn't feel any type of way about the Tory Lanez feature. Did you?
2: No, for me, uh, it's Tory Lanez and it's the same issue I always have with Tory Lanez. And I don't know why it frustrates me so much, but with Tory Lanez, I'm just so mad that I could never recognize that it's him. Every time I hear this <laughs> motherfucker, Tory Lanez, he sound different. And so just for that <laughs> fact alone, is like I'm not ever fucking with Tory Lanez. I don't know. Sometimes he has a Jamaican accent. He's like – he's the worst version of Drake That's to me. That's true. Like it's it, it, <laughs> – you know, at least when Drake bites, he bites up-and-coming people. So like I, it – I kinda don't see it coming. But Tory Lanez, God's like he, plan. yeah, he legit Tory Lanez legit just bites my favorite artist. And so be like, fuck you, Tory Lanez. I'd rather just listen to
3: my favorite artist <laughs> and
2: why every time I hear you, I can't recognize you and I have a problem with that. So I don't know. Word. Hopefully he gets his hairline fixed.
1: Damn. <laughs> uh, yeah, the man. Shots Damn. Yeah, I'm cool with it. Uh, I like I like having you know that's I can see that you know that's kind of being that pop club record, you know. Yeah. Um. So I get I can see why Davies is going for that. But yeah, as far as um as as far as negatives go, I I think I'm cool on that. I think the only thing I have really left is some is some overall thoughts kind of stuff I want to bounce off you.
2: All right, cool. And then like let's get into our grade and um and score. And just so you guys know. Uh, this is going to be uh, a combined podcast for me and Chris Platty. Uh, it's going up on HHR's uh, uh, podcast, and it's going up on his uh, Chris Platty Presents Hip Hop and uh, Basketball. So, uh, if you yes, guys are sir. listening to this pro- to this episode on uh, HHR, and you guys enjoy it. Make sure, hey, go listen to it again on Chris Plattie's, uh podcast. Why? Why the fuck not? You know what I'm saying? If you yeah, enjoy if, it,
1: if you give will, if you get will, will, will a view, you got to give me a view. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? All, all views matter. It's
2: only fair, man. And then, and then, if you guys are listening to this on Chris Plattie's, uh podcast, whether you like it or not, come listen to our podcast too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, come fuck with the, come fuck with the hip hop review yeah, podcast, yeah. man. And I just realized I got, I got to take back that all views matter jokes. Uh, I'm white. I can't get away with making all of you, all all lives matter jokes. Yeah, you, so, you, know, you see, it's still Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Fuck out of here, you all lives matter people. Of course, all <laughs> lives matter, but you know what I'm saying it's degrading. Right. it's degrading to black people. Now that
2: now that Platty's proved himself, let's go into the rating. Yeah, now that I'm, now that I got hella political. Word. <laughs> let's get into the uh, to this rating of this podcast. I mean this uh, album. So um, <laughs> Platy, how how do you guys grade your? Um, You guys' projects over there on your podcast. Alright, so... uh, For
1: those of you listening for the first time... You know, don't know who I am. Um, Yeah, we... uh, My review, I I do out of 10s. I do scores out of 10. I usually do... um, Whole numbers or 0.5s. I try not, I'm not gonna do any weird shit like a, this is a 6.32 or, yeah. you know, shit like that. Fuck out of here. I, I failed math in college. I'm gonna, just be, I'm gonna just keep it 100 with you. I failed the math class in college, so these decimal shits ain't for me. Point 0.5 is cool, but after that, after that, man, my head scratches. So we keep it very simple over there. I know you got letters. Yeah. Um, so, All right. So yeah, I'm, so I'm, I could I deal with that. Cool.
2: With that being said, I'm gonna go first. And uh right. I don't want nobody hitting me up on Twitter talking about your number and your grade don't correlate, okay I don't care yeah my my don't yeah, mine don't. So, don't. its just it's just kind of a feel so don't so don't come on here and hit me with no fuck shit okay because uh I know that the yes, number sir. and the letter don't correlate so with that being said yes. I'm gonna give this uh, uh on platy scale I give this. Project uh six out of ten. And then for hip hop review podcast, I give this album uh a C, a solid C. I think uh this album just kinda does what it's supposed to do. It's kinda a placeholder. It doesn't make me dislike Dave East more, so that's great. And uh <laughs> yeah. it's just holding me over to the album come and uh, I think this album does a good job to like have me just sit back and wait for it. So see for me, and a uh, 6.5 out of 10. Alright.
1: Uh, well, we're very close. Um, I got a 6 out of 10 and a C-. minus. So, again, very close. I know a 6 out of 10 is a D, motherfucker. I get it. <laughs> but, but, but fuck you. Would you. Why don't you create your own podcast and create your own damn right system? Okay. Nah, it's just those like feel like right numbers to me. Right numbers and letters. So, um... You know, I like this mixtape better than his last two. Paranoia 1, which I think I'm a little higher on than you. And Karma, um, which I thought Karma was not good, to be honest with you at all. Um, I, I mean, I couldn't get through, I couldn't get through like two or three listens. Like, I only listened to it once or twice all the way through, and I couldn't do it another time. I couldn't even listen to it enough times to review it. Um, so, uh... I, th- I think the beat selection is much better which is what we talked about. More catered to Davey's style. Davy sounds more motivated on this project. He stepped up lyrically. I think he's rapping better like, like on the tracks we highlighted. However, again, this mixtape pales in comparison to 2016 breakout mixtape, Kyrie Chanel which was amazing. Uh, this mixtape just feels like more improved B-sides that won't make the album. Um, again, it remains to be seen with the debut album. It's just kind of weird how things are going but um overall this album only has one bad track to me um and it's that maintained track that we talked about the rest of the tracks are cool but i don't know how often i'm returning to songs beyond the songs i found keisha annoying what made me um grateful talk big and Corey, uh which is six out of 15 tracks when you when you're only really turning out uh returning to six out of 15 tracks that's kind of a problem to me um so yeah that's why I gave it a 6 out of 10 a C minus again it's it's not a bad project I'd recommend anybody who's a fan of hip hop to give it a listen I'm not you know I'm not gonna force this, li- this album on you I- I'm not like you gotta hear this but you know if you wanna check it out cool cause I think there's some dope rapping and I think you know I think Davies is an interesting dude and I think he's uh I think he's got some dope records on here that make the listen as a whole worth it but yeah That's how I feel.
2: Cool, man. Uh, That sounds good. Let's go ahead and dip out of here. Uh, You guys
1: remember. Actually, wait wait. Uh, One second. Before we dip out, um, I kind of wanted to do a little bit of projecting here with Davies. Since you and I are fans, I feel like we can kind of quickly tackle some stuff. Because I wrote some thoughts down. I do want to bounce these off you. Uh, You can edit this out the podcast if you want to, if you feel it's going too far. But uh, but, uh, you want to do some projecting real quick? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so, um, so like some of the thoughts I had when I was ri- when I was writing this review, um, do we think this the strategy of like this like string of mixtapes has helped or hurt Davies? Like, has this increased or decreased the pressure of his debut album? And do we think his ceiling is lower than it was in 2016 when he dropped Kyrie
2: Chanel? Like. How are, how are we feeling about Davies moving forward? Okay, for me personally, uh, I feel like uh, the anticipation of his album is uh, lower for me than it was in 2016. And I would say the strategy of dropping these projects is pretty much to me what it says is uh def jam wants to get their upfront money back so they're they're uh, dropping projects and records to where they could accumulate streams while they wait on the project so even though like they even though they know that maybe the buzz isn't growing but it's worth the attempt like they're putting up shots to like see if the see if uh people get more excited about the, the upcoming album but even on the even if it doesn't work out exactly the way they planned uh by dropping projects you accumulate streams streams equal money so i think that's kind of like yeah. I, I think that's the strategy for uh okay. most labels at the moment that's why uh, migos even though everybody knows they're not supposed to drop an album with 24 songs but the more songs you yeah, have, it's, the it's more the, numbers the more yeah. the more streams you get. So it's just it's really right. just streaming. That's the I think that's the reason why we are getting all these projects.
1: Yeah. So you think it's more so the label trying to get money, or do you think it's more so the label is just lost and trying to figure out how to manage Davies?
2: I think it's a little bit of both. But I think the reason why we do get these projects because, like like you said, uh, Karma was pretty terrible, and I'm pretty sure yeah. a lot of people. You know that are paid to decide whether music is good or bad, had inputs on on that project, but they still put it out because you know these are songs recorded, you pay to record, and then you know the the label wants their money back. Right Okay, okay, cool. Um
1: one of the things that still kind of stands out to me, as far as Davies goes is I think the problem is he still faces the fact um, the problem he still faces is that he can't create a dope hook for like a commercial smash hit on his own um, even though I personally enjoy the majority of his hooks I realize that like Davies and we kind of talked about this off air too I think Davies is still like even that perfect record with Chris Brown It cut, it did some it did some plays but I don't think it popped off as much as it should have, or as much as the label was hoping for it, or as much as, um, you know, Davies planned for it. Like, um, is this gonna be, you know, to kind of get to his potential? Like, I think he he could drop an amazing album, but, you know, to me, can he drop, he can't, he hasn't dropped a commercial hit yet, to me, really, if we're being honest. So, to me, he's kind of like, I think he has the, like, he can't create to me his ceiling can't be like a good kid mad city where every record's a standout record commercial hit um it's more like what you get is a record like a record like out uh an album like logics where it's like where it's you know it's the same concept same whatever but it's um but it's just the records are not are solid they're just not hits yeah so um i think that's kind of like i'm leaning more towards is he logic or is he kendrick like yeah I'm leaning more towards Logic. For me... Because I I don't see the commercial hit.
2: Yeah, for me, I don't see the commercial hit neither. Um, And uh, to to your answer, uh, and we talked about this off-air, and what I had told you was uh, the problem with uh, Dave East is that you know he's not relatable for you know white suburban kids that didn't grow up, or just any suburban kid that didn't grow up with uh with hip hop. You know it's kind of hard to relate to him, and uh yeah. and his music is not really made for like women in the club to dance to. That's why earlier in this podcast I brought up that like I couldn't tell if Dave East was trying to become a sex symbol because at some point I felt like right. every music video I I watched him it was him uh taking the Tupac route, him with his shirt off making out with some right. shit. He puts out the Chris Brown song, so like the label knows that he hasn't won over women. He hasn't won over you know people that didn't grow up in hip hop, and so like that's 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 his problem. And uh, and then to your point about uh, is he Logic or is he Kendrick? I don't think he's either one. I think I think what he is. Right, I think he's better than Logic, but I'm just saying as far as like the quality of no. But but what I'm going to say is I think he's fabulous. And so, and like, and that's okay. why I brought up. I said he, he reminds me of Fabulous, just without like kind of like, without the the punchline bars that Fabulous has. Right. And so, like, the way I think you would, uh, you would, uh, Dave East would pop would be uh, with the formula of having the the female singer on the hook. And then uh, yeah. having him rapping the way Fabulous did. And I don't think he will ever be like a huge commercial success, but there's times he could flame up and kinda he'll flame up, flame down, flame up, flame down, just the way kinda fabulous did. Yeah, I think
1: he'll be I think he'll be a really solid rapper who will, you know, might have a hit, uh might have a hit here or there. Like I I do think that with how long he's worked i think he is going to be able to come up with at least one commercial hit from it for his debut album because again like i'm kind of looking at these projects from the perspective of these are all b-sides so you know i and and these are dope to me even though they're b-sides so i i I, i'm kind of holding out hope that he can have that you know that he can have that commercial success but
2: yeah, I don't I don't know yeah. man. He's just I bet,
1: he's an interesting. I will,
2: he's an interesting dude. I would bet you money that commercial hit would be so into you you replace Ashanti with, you know, whatever the pop and R&B singer is, let's say SZA, and then you just have him rap on the yeah. verses and that's I I would say if I'm managing uh, Dave East, I would look at Fab and I'll try to emulate Fab's career.
1: Yeah. I, the rumor is he has a record with drake so um in the vault so i imagine that's going to be another big yeah. hit you know um a drake a drake hook you know but yeah so anyways i just wanted to do a little projecting because i think he's interesting and again i want to state for the last time i do not think he's logic i think he's a better he's better than logic but just as far as like the quality of the of the album uh, we're we're speaking from but Yeah, because the last thing I want to do is compare Davies to Logic. Yeah, work, work, work. Yeah.
2: All right, man. With that being said, um, we're Hip Hop Review Podcast. Thank you for checking us out. We're strictly hip hop, strictly hoop talk. Yeah, work. And then uh, let's keep it simple (laughs) and just head out of here because this podcast was kind of long. And say thank you all for listening, man.